Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 89, When Darkness Falls. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. Okay, I feel like there's something going on with my mic. Like I got this sexy voice thing going on that I'm hearing. That Nice. I dig it. <laughs> uh, okay, apparently we're rolling with it. I just, I, I don't know. I haven't I changed like, anything. Okay. Well, first and foremost, we are recording this podcast on September 11th Mm -hmm. and um, would just like to say a special remembrance. I know from um, reading Facebook posts and having conversations with people far and wide today, we are all remembering where we were, what we were doing, um, the names of those who were lost in those terrorist attacks. Um, We've all been touched one way or another. And so I know it's not just going to be a one-day remembrance, um, but we just want to let it be known that we have not forgotten. Right. Um, those of you that looked at us on Facebook, had any interaction with us on Facebook today, Tony and I were actually in two different states on 9-11. And, you know, in a throwback to the dark ages, I did not have a TV or a computer. Actually, you didn't either. I didn't either. Because we were in between moving, mm-hmm. neither one of us had TV or How did you find out? Radio? Uh, one of the guys I had started working with called me, and then our our apartment complex had that clubhouse, and then okay. it was a TV in there. Okay. Because all of a sudden it dawned on me, I'm like, I don't even know how you found out. Um, so, yeah, Tony was in Washington State, and I was in Orange County, California, and... You know, I had gotten up that morning, just the regular morning. I was going to go for my walk before work. And I, I so distinctly remember these two guys talking over the back of a pickup truck in the parking lot by where I walked. And there was just a sense watching them that, huh, you know, something must be going on. And then I get back home and you're trying to reach me. You had called me mm-hmm. that morning. And I still really, you know, you didn't quite grasp it because it just seemed so surreal. And not having a TV and not having a computer. And no smartphone. I mean, it was, you know, like I said, throwback to the dark ages. Right. Um, I went into work that morning and was watching all the coverage over the internet. My boss was in Oregon on a family trip, so she was stranded up there. Right. Um, because all of the flights were shut down. Um, you know, I just remember watching that footage over and over again. And talking to my parents, my mom had had some medical procedure that morning. And so I, I like you remember all these bits and pieces of that day. Um, I've seen posts from college friends, people that were in New York City that day and just what life was like for them as they were processing. And, you know, it just it's a defining moment for our generation. Um, it's a defining moment for America. 
and it really does tie in you know tony and i had actually talked about what the show was going to be called prior to elisa and i actually okay so back up yeah we did talk about what the show was going to be about prior to the realization that we were going to be recording this on 9-11 right and it ties in very much with what we've titled this podcast, you know, when darkness falls, mm-hmm. um, the terrorist attacks were obviously a very concrete, specific boom. All, all of a sudden, life as you know it is upside down. Right. And yet, in our marriages sometimes, it's actually a more subtle and gradual darkness that comes over whether it's coming over your attitude you know little things that are piling up at work that you just kind of take it and you take it and you take it and you start internalizing it and it just starts to color your attitude or you're having just those little things creep up that start to take your time you're like oh you know one more thing one more thing one more thing and before you know it you're sitting across the table from a stranger yeah or you know Go back two weeks, episode 87, and you can hear where Lisa and I are talking about our whole devotional and how when she told me that she wasn't into it, how that took me aback. And you can probably even go a couple of weeks before that where we were just struggling through some stuff. And then last week in episode 88, where it all sort of hits ahead. And it was at that point in time after we released episode 88 and started getting a lot of feedback from you guys and thank you all for your feedback and for your prayers and for your insights. I think we got back to all of you. If we didn't, you know what? We still read each and every one of your emails and took them to heart and we can totally appreciate where you guys are coming from. And as we continue to talk through what we're doing and where we're heading, what really hit me this week for myself was that my attitude, my adjustment, everything that was happening, it came so suddenly. Not so, I'm sorry, it came so slowly. And it was just at that moment after releasing episode 87 when I was just, I was fed up and I was just done. And, you know, part of it was a podcast, but part of it too was just I was frustrated with where Lisa and I were in our marriage. Mm-hmm. where we were having this lack of communication, this lack of connection in all of our intimacies, except for recreational. I think we'd been doing a, a lot of exercise and working out together. And, and just recently I started the asylum, so we're not doing that as much right now, but we're going to get back at it together in October after we renew our vows and all. But just this lack of connection and, you know, it happened just gradually things just sort of here and there, you know, we're not paying attention to each other as much as we should be when we're just even podcasting. Uh, when we're talking to each other, there's, there's a little friction still going on a little bit. Even today we were talking about some grocery stuff and I could tell Lisa's frustration and, you know, and, and, you know, a little bit of tiredness on my side, having done a really tough workout this morning and so I, I can realize and I can see now that these little things, they just start piling up. And for me, it happened on that 
Tuesday that we released, you know, episode 87, where it just sort of came to an he- to a head. Mm-hmm. And for you, you may be sitting here listening, going, gosh, it just doesn't seem like everything's running smooth right now in my marriage. And we can totally relate. We understand. I, I will say from somebody who's gone through it and going through it, it's probably a really good time to just take your spouse aside and have some time for you guys. In the last two weeks, Elisa and I have made it a point to get out on three date nights. That Tuesday, we I called her and I said, you know what, let's just get a sitter for a couple hours or as actually our neighbor, neighbor who just took the kids for an hour. And Elisa and I did happy hour sushi. Um, the Friday after that, we got together with our small group friends mm-hmm. and just had a fantastic evening. And this past Friday, we have our monthly sitter who does date nights. And we weren't planning on doing it, but she had texted Elisa and said, hey, would you want? do you guys want to bring the kids over? Elisa asked me, and I was like, sure, let's go do it. You know? Well, and that was actually, actually that was driven by Abby because I had mentioned it to Abby and I was like, well, I want to go. And I'm thinking, all right, well, we didn't spend all our babysitting money, you know, because we're budget mm-hmm. conscious. We didn't spend all our babysitting money last week. So maybe we can do Pull it. So in the last two weeks, we've gone out three times. And that was an area that really had been faltering on us. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we, we hadn't been making date nights a priority in our marriage. You know, they were there and we were sort of going. Well, and part of that too was just summer. Summer because we had a a number of months in a row where, you know, like June, we had the marriage retreat. So we were gone for a weekend, but we didn't have that. Even though we were gone and it was a dedicated time on our marriage, it wasn't like date night, Mm -hmm. boom, where we're constant. And then July... I don't remember what happened in July. I feel like we did something in July. And then August, August got all screwed up because first Friday night was the Friday before we were leaving for Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get a date night when we were in Massachusetts, which typically happens when we're on a family vacation. And so it was the, I think the stress of being on a family trip, flying with the kids, having all of that, then coming back and going right into the whole, let's go to school mm-hmm. that there was just a lot of, a lot of stress there that had built up because we hadn't said, you know what, in spite of all this, we still need to go on a date. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we didn't realize the damage that was being done by not finding a substitute date. Right. By not saying, you know what? Okay. So we missed our first Friday night call the sitter. We're going to go out on Tuesday night or we're going to go out on Thursday. You know, we obviously need this. And that's part of that gradual darkness, that gradual darkness where things just start to undermine the foundation of your relationship because you're like, Oh, well, you know, we'll get back to date night in September. Well, and I think for myself, you know, the, the little voices start talking to you and what ends up happening for many of us, me included, we become a little more reclusive. We shy away from the confrontation, maybe shy away from, hey, we really need to sit down and talk about this. Shy away from, 
you know, taking the stand and going, Hey, what's up? What's happening? How can I help? What can I do to make it better in our marriage right now? What am I doing? You know, looking at ourselves instead of always pointing the finger to our spouse and going, well, you did this wrong and this and this and this wrong. You know, it's really tough at times to point the finger at ourselves when we're doing things incorrectly or wrongly, you know, that is a tough thing to do. It's so much easier for me to point fingers at Elisa and go, well, why isn't she keeping the house up? You know, why isn't she taking care of this? Why hasn't she done this? Why hasn't she done that or this or this? Or why am I the only one who's doing the laundry? Or why doesn't anybody else do the dishes? You know? And so that talk can really undermine what we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, and, and that just that, that gap just starts to get wider and wider. I mean, we, you know, had this impromptu date night on Friday night because mm-hmm. we typically don't go out two Fridays in a row, but I told Tony driving home, I'm like, huh, we need to see if we can figure out in the budget how we do make this happen once a week because this is kind of nice for us. Well, and it worked out that we had a gift card at Outback that we still needed to use up. So that that really helped with dinner. Sure. We ended up going to the mall afterwards and blew our budget. <laughs> we were supposed to just get some like fun under free underwear from Victoria's Secret. For okay, yeah, I, ha- I had a coupon because they send me periodically. They send me these coupons for free, you know, like a free pair of underwear. And you know, I mean, he's going to pass off a free pair of underwear. So we go to the mall. This is a complete aside, but Tony has to go to the bathroom because when we were at dinner, he probably had six cups of iced tea. And if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, you know that when Tony has more than one cup of iced tea. I can have one. Uh, maybe. He's got to go to the bathroom all the time. So he runs into Nordstrom's to go to the bathroom and got waylaid by the sale rack. And yeah, they have these really cool jeans on the sale rack. And so I was looking at them. I thought they were nice. Tony's first Nordstrom's purchase. <laughs> it is. It actually is. And I mean, I was checking them out and I found a pair that I liked. And I was like, hey, at least I called her because she was in the shoe department. Said, I had hey, to come. spend my time somehow. Yeah, I was like, come on over here. And I've been looking at my wardrobe and it's like sort of getting a little old. And we talk about it in our book called Dress It Up. You know, look nice. You know, present yourself well you know, on your date nights to your spouse. And I've just been feeling that mine has been a little drab. I've had a really cool physical transformation having done insanity. Now going through the asylum, I've actually lost a size, one size, one, yeah, pant, size. one pant size around my waist and, you know, just toning up and feeling good. And so I was like, you know what I need it. I, sh- I don't need, but it'd be nice to have a nice, updated fashionable pair of jeans and so we were at the rack over there the no, sale we, were, rack. we were at the sale rack we were not at nordstrom's rack there's no, a no. difference when oh, you say okay. rack and reference to oh, nordstrom I, I okay I, the sale rack <laughs> they're in nordstrom's and i you know tried on some jeans tried on some shirts it was cool walked away with a nice pair of jeans i don't know what they are but they're they're a little more tight fitting around my thigh Janelle, our salesperson, was saying this is the end thing. I sure in the heck hope so, and I don't look goofy when I come out of there. You looked good. Okay. You looked good. They, they just have to hem them up. 
Yeah. So I, I mean, they're just, they're a little more form fitting. Okay. Just to back <laughs> up on Tony's transformation. For all of our dating in the first 10 or 11 years we were married, Tony had just these really, uh, what were they? Maybe Levi's, light colored Levi's jeans that he wore. There's probably, I'm sure I can find a picture somewhere. Um, we won't share. They were though. never in style, ever. <laughs> and the older we got, the less in style they were. They were, they were nice jeans. It wasn't like they were holy jeans or anything like that. It was just, they were just the jeans that he wore. And so um, when I started paying a little more attention to my wardrobe and just wanted to look nice, mainly for myself, secondly for him, he picked up on that and started looking nice. And so he's, you know, got the dark wash jeans and, you know, they've been, but these are, these are definitely a little more snug on him. Um, right. And he looks great. I mean, partly cause he's been spending so much time working out that not so much time that makes it sound like he works out all day long because he's put such an emphasis into his workouts and he's been doing insanity. And then he, you know, has transitioned here to asylum. Um, he's got a good looking body. And I'm glad that he's, you know, making the effort to actually accentuate what he's got because he looks good. Yeah. yeah. And Janelle helped. Okay. So I've made it very clear that he can't go shopping with Janelle's personal shopper unless I'm there. <laughs> Just as an aside. You're so funny. She was very nice. She was. So how does this all relate to, yeah, how to, you know. Bring us back in here to the darkness. Yeah. How does this relate? So what ends up happening is we end up reconnecting. Now you may reconnect in a different way. You may just do a nice simple dinner together at home. Kids are gone. Or if you, you don't have kids, I mean you're just making that special time together and talking about things that matter to you. Like this podcast for us. This is the first week I think in maybe a handful of podcasts where we knew what we were going to talk about before Sunday afternoon. You know, this is something we love to do but it needs for us to be something that we talk about before we get right behind the mics. And I do want to say one thing here. Um, and a lot of the feedback that we got from all of you this week, and I do want to share some of those, um, emails and we got a few phone calls. I don't know that we're playing any of the phone calls today. No. Um, I want to thank you for the permission that you've given us as our listener base many of you wrote in and said, you know what, if you guys need to take a week off, take a week off, you know, post a note on Tuesday morning saying, Hey, we just needed a week off. If we need to change up the format, you've given us permission, um, to breathe Mm. in regard to the podcast. And that, that is more valuable than you can know. Um, we'd been following a pretty rigid time schedule as far as you know we podcast Sunday or Monday nights because it's got to be ready to go I think Tony's got the release time at like 3 a.m. on Tuesday mornings uh, for all of you that like to listen on your way into work and we had just gotten to a point where we were feeling you know confined and and I'm not even necessarily saying that what we're going to change or how we're going to change but just the fact that you've given us permission to if we have to put our marriage first on a Sunday or Monday night and say, you know what, this is a week that we're going to have to skip because we really just need the time. Uh, So we have to thank you for that Mm -hmm. because that's part of where our darkness 
has come from in regard to the podcast and, and in Tony wanting to say a couple of weeks ago, let's pull the plug. Right. Because we didn't feel like we had any flexibility. Mm. And, you know, you guys have given up some great comments as far as suggestions for show format and for things to talk about. And that's all stuff that we're, those are all ideas that we're, you know, assimilating and trying to figure out how that's going to work for us. Right. Um, and that happens, you know, listen to what Elisa said. I mean, we felt confined because we hadn't talked. We hadn't opened up. So you may be feeling confined in your marriage or an issue that's going on in your marriage. And a lot of that is just now I'm realizing and I'm understanding. And this is stuff I know. It's stuff we've taught and we teach, you know, in our small groups and here on the podcast but sometimes we need to be reaffirmed. We need to hear it, you know? So if you're feeling like that in your marriage where you feel there's sort of some confinement going on, maybe it's time to open up, mm-hmm. you know, take off those masks, be transparent. For some of you doing this in a face-to-face might not work. And we had somebody email me this week, you know, asking, you know, this is what's going on and I've confronted my spouse, and it's just not clicking. And you know what? I think one of the best things we can do at those moments in time are to write letters. Mm. You know, maybe just give your spouse some time to simmer on something by reading your written word and letting them read it, letting them hear it from there. I do always say, though, there needs to be a time constraint at the end of that letter. There has to be something that you are going to do together and it needs to be written down because if not that letter can then just take on you know its own time frame so you've given your spouse a letter and then you guys don't talk about it for two months right that isn't going to work you know write the letter so you guys can start somewhere You guys have it. It's written down. You can go over the points, but put down, hey, on Thursday night at 10 p.m., we're going to go over this. Or we both have, you know, the morning off or we got a lunch date together. This is when I'd like to talk to you about it. And I think that would help a lot of us clear the air because when we start getting into these confrontations or these periods where we have a lot on our mind things just come out we don't remember what the heck we said so now it becomes a he said she said moment where if we have it written down we can sort of go down that list and talk about it mm-hmm. you know you can write you can write in the margins or on the back sheet talk some stuff through it does it take work heck yeah <laughs> you know what it takes a lot of it is it worth it I would think it is, you know, if you can, if you can break through in one area and if there's three areas that are of concern to you and you can have a breakthrough in one of them, man, that is awesome. That is something to celebrate. And so there are many ways that we can touch our spouses when we start noticing that, that darkness fading and and coming on us, coming upon us. Yeah, it's um, it just happens so gradually, and 
you know, I love that Tony offered the letter as a suggestion um, to this couple this week. And, and there's a lot of power in the written word and it allows you to organize your thoughts. So you're not just like spewing, well, I want to talk about this and this and this. And and the other person is just sitting there going, wait a minute. I thought you were upset about this, or I'm upset about that. I don't really care about all your other stuff. And all of a sudden it turns into this much bigger explosion Mm-hmm. that it needs to be. Um, and sometimes when the communication, you know, when you can't communicate verbally, then being able to sit down and do it in a written format to say, here, would you please just take a look at this? You And if you're on the receiving end of a letter like that, you need to honor your spouse for taking the time to put his or her feelings down on paper. That's not an easy thing for most people to do. Right. And so part of the way that you honor and respect them for taking the time to do that is to make the time to discuss whatever's in there. You may not want to. It may not be a comfortable topic, but let's face it. There are lots of those conversations in marriage. Right. And if there's if, if a dark cloud is starting to come over your marriage, then you better make the time to have that conversation because if you don't, it's going to go black. Right. And you're going to just be moving around each other and just like Elisa and I were, I mean, we were just moving around. I mean, sort of like these, these two objects just rolling through doing our thing, be it in all forms of intimacy. Like I said, it just, you know, we're just moving around and not really digging down into what is happening. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're just giving you insights from what we've gone through. It's all we can do right now. And what we're hoping to do is that you have a breakthrough yourself, that you catch it, that we catch it the next time sooner. So it doesn't linger on, you know, for us, it's not something that's going to end our marriage, but there's definitely a disconnect that we can tell that that fire within us isn't burning as hot as we'd like it to mm-hmm. both when it comes to emotional or intellectual or sexual, physical, you know, it's just sort of, it's there. And you know what I tell a lot of people, you know, especially when I get this one, it's like, I don't love my spouse. You know, love isn't a noun. It's, it's a verb. It's something you do. And so for myself, it's me remembering that, you know what? It's not that feeling inside, but it's the things I do to show my love to Elisa. It's, yeah, I'm just, whenever I hear that phrase, love is a verb, um, I, I'm just, I'm so struck by how many people uh, don't act that way. Mm-hmm. You know, for so many, love is, it's all, it's all a feeling. I'm happy with my husband today. I must be in love with him. No, I mean, there, there are definitely times when I, I don't like Tony. We've done, you know, we've had an, a disagreement or he's done something with the kids or he's running late. And so it's running, causing me to run, you know, we have those moments, but you know what? I'll still go clean the bathroom, make sure dinner's on the table. I may not be thrilled with him, but you know what? It's still, these are still things that I got to do. 
that I do because it makes a difference in his life. Because if I'm running out the door and he's coming home late from work and dinner is done in the crock pot, then you know what? He knows that while we might not be connecting on the same page, I'm still watching out for him. I'm still showing my love by those acts. And granted, acts of service is much higher on his love language, but serving your spouse transcends all love languages. Yeah, and when you do serve in any form or capacity, and I know I catch myself doing this, I don't have much grace when I do it. It's more like, she better like this. She better, you know, she better appreciate this. And that's not the way you go at it. You know, that just that just brings that cloud of darkness even more because you're looking at it as, as in a vengeful, a vengeful way. Keeping and, score. Yeah, you're, you're totally, and I was totally keeping score. And I'm working on myself to this day with that. You know, if I'm picking up the garage, I was just going, well, she better notice this, that I'm moving everything around again today because they're all a mess. You know, when I say they all, I mean all my kids and her because they tend to do that. But... <laughs> Breathe, let it out, deep breath, there we go. But it's truth. You know, we can't be keeping score when we're doing this stuff. And that's something that really was happening for me. You know, just my, you know, it's all about me again. It's all about Tony. And, you know, if no, if Elisa is not going my way, then I'm starting to get upset and I'm not understanding why she's not liking what I'm talking about because we weren't talking about that stuff. And so it just keeps piling on and piling it on and piling it on until that one day where you guys and, and us too, all of a sudden the explosion hits. It's like the volcano that's sitting there and it's simmering and you know it's, you know, the, the guys that study it, what are those guys called? Volcanologists? Yeah. Yeah. So those guys are studying, they see the volcano and it's, you know, the lava and the crater starting to rise and they, they can see something's happening, but then out of nowhere, it explodes, you know, it just, it does, it just happens. And it's sort of like our marriages. We got this stuff, you know, the, the lava inside of us is, it's getting higher. We, there's more tension. There's more, there's more impact in our marriages that are affecting us. And then it's that one thing that just cracks us and we blow up. Does anybody else feel like they've just been through a Discovery Channel uh, expose on volcanoes and marriage? There you go. That's what it feels like. It was a very good description. Well, and, and I just I just want you to realize that it's not just all of a sudden that thing happened and you exploded. There's something that's coming. There's something or many things that are have happened in your past that lead up to that. And what we're trying to tell you is before you get to that explosion part, let's, let's diffuse it before mm-hmm. that. Let's figure out and understand that this blackness is falling upon us. What do we need to do? And that right there, you know, is turn. I've walked through this last four or five weeks, probably going on two months now. Um, you know, as we start to look back and realize how we're handling things and what we've done differently, we're able to say, okay, you know what? This one wasn't as bad as they've been in the past. 
No, but there are some things that we didn't do that we should have caught. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and The but first it, chapter in our book is called From the Top Down, God First. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, not not even existent between the two of us. Obviously, if you listen to episode 87, we weren't doing our devotional time mm-hmm. together. None of it. you know. And we're still trying to interweave that in and we're, we're having eh, somewhat here it, and there. It's getting better. It's getting there. But, you know, God First our spouse, you know, kids, work. And that was just jumbled up. And because of that. So are we. So were we. I mean, how do we expect to be in line and have our foundation if God's not there first? If we're not praying for each other, if we're not praying together, you know, that's going to happen. And then if work comes ahead of it or the kids come ahead of of each of us, well, things are going to be jumbled up. And again, we're always a work in progress. We're always trying. We're always going to make the best progress we can. And sometimes we falter. It's all right. You know what? I've been I've been reading a book called uh, The Dip by Seth Godin, given to us by our good friend here on the one podcast, uh, Ron, in Colorado. And really cool book. Uh, it's something I would say... Many of us should read and, you know, because it's applicable. It talks a lot about business and stuff, but it's really applicable to marriages at times. And I'm just... You got to it first. I haven't started reading Yeah, I'm just, I'm really digging it. And um, I would just say, pick it up or check it out on amazon.com. Really quick read. But it just talks about the dip. You know, that point where you have this excitement and I'm going to... related to a marriage, you know, you have this excitement in your marriage and everything's on high. And then you go down through this dip, this low time. And a lot of people quit in the dip, you know, they get out because, you know, it's not fun. It's the low time. It's the hard times. It's the weight of the world pressing down on your shoulders and you don't know what's going to happen, but it's those that are able to stay through within the dip, knowing that it's worthwhile because he also talks about a cul-de-sac, which is when you hit a dead end and you should quit the dead end. Mm. So that might be something in your marriage that you're just like, hey, this isn't working, so let's get the heck out of this. Maybe an activity or some church mission or, or church um, ministry. ministry you're in that's just, it's not working. But anyways, you're in that dip, but it's after that dip that you come out and you soar. Mm. And you know, there's that verse... In the Bible, where it says we can we soar on wings like eagles, you know. So if you think about where Lisa and I have been, we've been in this dip down low. But I really believe that if we we place all that we have back unto God, get our get each other first in our marriage, after God, we can get right back up there and we'll come out of this dip and we'll be on wings, hanging out with God again. I just the irony that was my um that verse Isaiah forty thirty one mm-hmm. is the one that you just read. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That was actually my Bible verse when I was in labor with Alex. Yes, it's actually the one I've used both actually with all three kids. Um, yeah, and it's it's true. Yeah. You know where do you? Where do you go when that darkness starts to come? And how long do you go 
as the darkness is falling over your marriage, over your relationship before you say, you know what? We need to put the brakes on here. I need a little light. Mm-hmm. Let's put some light on the issue. Let's put some light and focus attention. I mean, when you're putting light on something, you're, you're focusing on it. You're drawing attention to it. If you haven't been putting attention into your marriage, if you haven't been putting attention onto your spouse, if you haven't been addressing the things that are issues in your marriage, be it finances, be it children, be it in-laws, be it jobs, then how can you get past that? You're going to have to have those conversations, whether it's written or verbal. You're going to have to communicate because you've got to draw the attention back to that fundamental relationship, relationships, God first, spouse second. Mm -hmm. Because if you're starting to sense that darkness come in your marriage, chances are the light is not shining on on one of those two areas and most likely both. Right. You know, so, so come back to the beginning, come back to that first chapter in our book, come back to God as the center of your marriage and just say, you know what, we need to, we need to, Take this and bring it into the light. Mm -hmm. Because you can tell when the darkness is coming. You can tell when you start to feel disconnected. It's gradual. You might not notice it the first couple of things, some first couple of times that something happens, but you start to look across the table and you're like, stranger, stranger at the table, stranger at my bed, stranger in the house. Right. So what are the steps you can take? Pray. Pray, you know, if you're not praying with each other, pray for your spouse is number one. Number two, transparency. You got to be open. You got to be honest. You got to take these masks off, folks. Three, you got to communicate them. And be it either verbal or written, you need to be able to sit down and discuss them. You know, and fourth, I would say, is celebrate when you get out of it. You know, look at it, celebrate it, enjoy it, look back on it and go, okay, this is what happened and this is how we got here. Because I'm thinking if you're like us, sometimes these things reoccur. And so what you want to do is you want to just look back and realize why it's happening, what the triggers are. And being able to get through them. Fifth, man, just love on each other after that. You know, really just love on each other and and enjoy it. Enjoy your marriage, you know. Like we said, you're going to hit that dip, but you start coming up and you're on that high. You know, God didn't make this easy for us. We're going to hit it again, but enjoy those high points. Yeah. Yeah. Holy <laughs> No, I'm just, uh, you You're just kind of summed it up. I didn't, okay. you know, all right. I got nothing to add. You are. So thank you all again for all your love, your prayers. It, it was so awesome. And we want to keep hearing. We want to hear what you think about this. Go to one extraordinary marriage.com. Leave us your comments. Let us know what you're thinking. For those of you who have said you are going to sign up and become monthly partners. Thank you so much. To me, that means a lot. For those of you who've not quite picked up our book, thinking about it, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can hit the book tab or the store tab there, 
and you'll see stripped down. You can get in three different formats. So we love you guys. We thank you so much for all your love. Take care.